our laws as it pertain to substances are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic. Because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell you think I learned that? I'm just saying. You go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. You have trouble, you can't stop, and you want help stopping. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. That's right. Welcome to Ask Dr. Drew. Mike Cathwood is my special oh, guest yeah. today. This is awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. The phone number is 9842-DR2DREW. number two That's also 984-237-3739. Give us a call. We'll just be taking your questions. We've got a bunch of stuff to get into. Also want to thank our sponsor for today, um, which is Social CBD. And uh, again, go to drdrew.com slash social CBD and support the sponsors. And uh, we want to get some callers. Again, that number, 9842-DR-DREW. Also, you can follow this live on uh, my YouTube channel, facebook.com slash Dr. Drew Periscope Mixer today. And if you're watching, please share, tell your friends. We appreciate it very much. I've got Grindr as well, I no, believe. I'm not yeah, sure about yeah, Grindr. Grindr, it's you can, right there. You can send it out on your account. If Pornhub. If you, on your account again, if you want. Uh, so, good to be with you. It's always a pleasure to yes, be with Mike you, sir. And I, if people don't know, Mike and I had a... Uh, Radio show for how many years? Like five years? Eight, seven years? No, like seven years, yeah. Wow. And how long have we been not doing it? Uh, I don't know. Like three? No, I think because like we've been not doing KBC for two. I think 2016 was when we, we stopped, stopped Love, Love, Love Line. Line? Yeah, I think. It's about right. It's about, so about three years. Yeah, it seems right because we were doing KBC and Love Line at one point. Uh-huh, right? for, for a while, yeah. Yep. So, all right. Now, what do you do up to these days? Where can people find you? Uh, I, uh, at Mike Catherwood on Instagram and Twitter. Um, it's very easy to find me at Mike Catherwood, and then um, you know the uh, developmental stages of my animated show are are well underway. And then also the, the my Rudy show? my new podcast. Uh, yeah, I've I been know. waiting for that for a long time. My good friend Rudy is wow. about to make make his break in Hollywood. Well, I've and got then, some Rudy uh, Instagrams actually. I was going to get into tonight. Okay, yeah, but tell me where we are first. And you then also uh, my podcast with Jason and Katie Ellis called High and Dry. And you were saying growing that, exponentially. You were saying that Ellis Mania was one of the best ever. It was last weekend in Austin, Texas. We had Ellis Mania, nineteen, and it was awesome. It was just so awesome. We got Austin, Texas was just the perfect place for it. Really, I feel like there's uh, a little bit of fatigue with Vegas. Yeah, you know there can but, be too much. But you think you were telling me you thought it was the best place ever because there were multiple knockouts. There was a lot of knockouts. That's what made was, it good. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of big boys, a lot of big dudes, and they were really hitting each other very hard. Um, and, and just good party, like a good party environment. Everybody there wasn't trying to act too cool. They were into the goofiness. And Jason okay? Jason's okay. Jason, Jason knocked a guy out cold and then got knocked out, and then got knocked down. He didn't get knocked out, but, uh, so, you know, wow. he's healthy. And then also I will be launching my newest podcast, Mikey Likes You, which is a health and fitness podcast. Nice. Uh, a very overall kind of comprehensive health and fitness. So it includes things like, you know, recovery and mental health, yeah. as well as, uh, you know, pumping iron and all the right. old conventional stuff. Fantastic. So we send out blasts to people at drdrew.tv and, and get people to the head of the line that uh, get those blasts. So I'm going right. to get these people's questions 
uh, right away. So let's do that first. And then I want to get a Thanksgiving uh, greeting from Rudy. Thanksgiving. That, that I found on Instagram. He did come with me. Uh, I, well, I oh, he did. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we'll either look at Instagram or maybe get a visit from him. We'll okay. see. Uh, I, uh, let me see here. This is, hold on a second. I've got to get these calls right. Uh, this is, it's hard to find. Hey, Hi there. We don't have yeah, your name, right. unfortunately. Well, Lindsay, you got to put their right. names on there. Hi there. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Sorry. I was in a crowded group. Um, so, my name's Cameron. Cameron, how are you? Um, and I am um, a psychology major. I'm 19. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have some questions for uh, you, Drew, yeah. since you're very familiar with that uh, type of area and such. Um, so, uh, I was wondering, how do you handle so many people opening up to you and um, telling you so many traumatic stories from their past without it like getting to you. Right. That makes sense. It's, it's a very similar question to how do you drive an ambulance and see these things and not get overtaken by them, right? First of all, you have a job to do, right? Yeah, and exactly. If, and if you are overtaken by what you are doing, you cannot do an effective job. So you have to come up with some sort of strategy and when it you know, and in medical training, you see way, way, way worse things than somebody just talking about trauma. So you get very used to dealing with people at end of life issues and horrible acts. I mean, just people in their the worst moments of their life, we're in there trying to help them all the time. And by the way, back in the day, we used to do that twenty four hours a day, exhausted. You know, we we would still find a way to prioritize the patient and not really be worried about how we're feeling and and some people could be deeply affected by that i mean that's how you get traumatized if you're not careful the fundamental way to deal with people who are talking to you about tough things is to create a frame and uh, in order to create that frame personally i believe you need to do a lot of therapy yourself so you do not get you do not confuse or in any way become porous to that person's feelings you can distinguish your feelings from the other person's feelings and have compassionate and intense feelings on behalf of that patient, but not be overtaken by and not be have a contagion effect. Does that make sense to what I'm Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about, I would apply it to my life. Obviously, I, I did not study psychology or go to medical school, but in recovery, you always run that risk. Exactly. You know, when you sponsor someone or someone sponsors you, right. you're you're cognizant of the fact that you don't want to kind of enmesh your recovery with theirs. Exactly. You know, so, and, and, so, for instance, as a codependent, Excuse me. As a codependent, when I when I see Cameron, when I am around somebody who's having very intense feelings, it's easy for me to conf- to feel pain that I think is an identification with that person's pain, but it's really my pain. Yeah, and that's not helping that other person. So I do a lot, a lot, a lot of therapy to tease that out, so I could tell what my feelings were versus what the other person's were, and keep them always separate, but be willing to have a lot of feelings in that frame, but not be overtaken by them again. If that makes sense, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Okay, uh, how do you distinguish? How would you say you distinguish your own feelings from someone else's? Years of therapy, years of therapy, and then like the same thing with a recovering person. You're the object by a sponsor of right. those kinds of scrutiny, and then you, after years of being the object of scrutiny by a sponsor, you then one day sponsor other people, and that's you know that that is actually practicing boundaries. When you're when you're doing it um, on behalf of other people, right? Absolutely, yeah. and you know you're kind of remiss in your duties if you don't 
engage in therapy yourself. Right. Someone, I, you know. I agree. I, you're, you're not doing other people a proper service. You're, right. you're allowing you, – it's impossible not – if you do, whatever your proclivities are, you bring to that engagement. You bring to that relationship. And I used to – I was – having been on both sides of it, I was acutely aware that I, I thought I could have deep feelings. I could feel the pain the other person was feeling. No, nope. when I got into therapy, I realized, yeah, that's my pain. My pain. And I, But now I see it all very, very clearly. But it's not, it's not an intellectual process. It's a it's an emotional experiential process, and also I think it's it's I'm I'm speculating, but I think it's natural and a, and a human kind of feeling or a notion that you're being callous if you're not incredibly yeah. empathic with yeah. your your client because you know someone's suffering and you yes. want to be able to suffer along with them almost like on a human level yes but in reality that's probably the last thing they need that's you know they need that they need a lighthouse they don't need another boat that's right it's exactly they're an anvil or an anchor yeah what you give them sometimes all right let's talk to uh rachel rachel what's going on there hi hey get it on get it on (laughs) um gotta get it on got a mandate no choice yeah yeah yes sir um I've had migraines for 15 years, and um, I've tried Amoxic, I've tried Botox, I've tried Engality, I've tried everything that you could think of for migraines. And i just wondering if there are any new treatments out there or anything you else. Said, you said you had, Am- had Amoxic, you said? Yep. Have you had yes. ther- have you had any kind of biofeedback, psychotherapy, anything of that sort? I've I've done um, a little bit of uh, therapy with a therapist for migraines, but um, that didn't really help. Have, um, you, have you done any just general and- general psychotherapy? No, not really. Okay. No. D- did you have trauma growing? <clears throat> I did. Um, okay. So what trauma yeah. does? What trauma does is it makes a part of the brain called the insula cortex go crazy, and if you mm-hmm. if you don't go at that with trauma therapies, EMDR, neurobiofeedback, really neurobiological interventions, that part of the brain okay. has real trouble regulating. It's 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 very common. It's the misery part of the brain. Like your pain has two different components. Pain has a somatic component. You hit your finger with a hammer; it hurts out here. But there's another piece to it, which mm-hmm. is the emotional component, or we call the affective component, affective charge, and that's really where misery resides, and all the anxiety and intensity. But I also had a. Go ahead. I also had a stroke back in 2004, and they said that I have lesions in my brain, and that could um, the cause. Of it also from that. You so, had mi- migraine stroke. That's what. Mi- migraine stroke. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. but that's that's not an issue about the pain. That's an issue about the blood supply. How old are you? Okay. How old are you? Uh, 37. 37. And, 37. And are you on yep. anti migraine therapy? I am. All right. So, it's I a, am. But that, um, that I'm should, still on it and Galaxy. Right. So, that should prevent stroke it may not prevent the pain again you're trying to you know reduce the frequency and the intensity of these things and uh, you know one of the things to do is these biofeedback type techniques neurobiofeedback emdr these sorts of things can really 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 help 
And it's it, trauma wires your brain a certain way. It just does. It's fucked up too because um, you're talking about somatic pain. Yeah. And the great thing about physical somatic pain is that you're able to identify it and and categorize it appropriately. Meaning, if you get shot in the stomach, yeah. You go, fuck, that really, really, really hurts. If you get a paper cut, you're like, fuck, well, that hurts. But yeah. I'm emotional pain, psychiatric pain, there's right. no control. You can't. When you, when you have it, trauma, the your misery- girlfriend dumping you in high yeah. school is yeah. the same as. Is the same as your parents dying in a horrible car accident. Right, you know, like it's all fucking just terrifying. That's right. It's all that same part of the brain that's firing off in ways that's not regulated. Did right. you have, do you have some of this? Do you, do you familiar to you? Does, does it feel like something you experience? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's it's a lot easier now. I mean, the more you grow up, and obviously the the more therapy you receive, the more real therapy where you yeah. commit to it and actually do the work, um, it gets a little bit easier to kind of identify the pain properly. But I like I said. When my uh, girl uh, says no to you on a date in, at fifteen, that feels like I have I have terminal cancer. Right. You know, you just like there's no regulation of right. that kind of fucking. That's right. Pain, and and when know? you have been traumatized, that's what that does to your part of your brain and your body. It makes right. everything extreme. So if you're having migraines, now I'm not saying she's not having migraines. She's having migraines, and they are serious migraines. But the experience of them is overwhelming right. because of the regulatory problems. All right, we got a bunch, bunch of questions. Uh, oh my goodness! Oh, here's another sexual trauma. You want to try one? Can I uh, ask a real quick question? Yeah. Why does someone have a stroke at 37? My one of the component of migraine is vascular constriction. Oh, and so that's you, get, rough. you get so bad. It, it, again, I I would need to really look at her records to understand exactly what happened there, but it's it can happen. Uh, Julie, hey there. Hello, Julie. Hi. Hello. Hey, Hey, baby. First, I want to say, Dr. Drew, I'm such a huge, huge fan. Mm -hmm. I've listened to you since, like, the Love Line days with Adam Carolla. Mm -hmm. And I've just, like, followed you throughout the years. I'm a very big fan of yours, and I respect you very much. Thanks, Julie. What's going on? So, um, I am in a relationship with um, the father of my children. We have two little girls. We've been in a relationship for like 10 years now. And even after 10 years, I still have trouble feeling comfortable sexually with my partner and like really just like letting go and getting into the sexual experience with him. Um, How old are you? I have had some. I'm sorry? How old are you? I'm 31. Okay. And is there a reason for so, this? Well, um, you know, I just feel like a lot of um, anxiety around sex. I feel like a lot of shame and a lot of embarrassment about letting go and being open sexually. Is there a reason? Um, I, I had some sexual abuse as a child. Okay, what happened? And I assume that what, that's the worst. And so what happened? Um, well, I was sexually abused by a friend of my father while he was in the military. Sheesh. Oh, God. Ugh. How old were you? Um, I don't know, five or six, probably. Holy crap. Was this a one-time thing? No. Um, 
he regularly like babysat for our family. Oh, how awful! Do your parents know about this? <laughs> my mom does now, but she didn't. We didn't really. It was my sister too, my younger sister as well. How and long? We how, didn't long really, that, how long did that go on for? Um, we're probably stationed there for about a year, so. So have you probably had, about a year? Have you had treatment for this trauma? Um, well, I have like done therapy inconsistently throughout the years. Um, I haven't really delved too deep into the sexual trauma side of things, but. Well, the thing about, I mean, it shouldn't, it shouldn't surprise you that you have symptoms around this, given you had that experience. So you you had a horrible no, experience. No, you were not treated for it. You have symptoms, and that would be normal, right? And these are, right. you know, things that can be treated. The people that there are all kinds of treatments available for this. And they, and the the thing that the misconception that people have is that you have to go into and relive the trauma, which is not what needs to happen. You need to have specialized therapists treat you so you can re-regulate your brain. It's about it's about building regulation so you can tolerate, let's say, something like an evocative circumstance. Yeah, um, I guess I guess my question is, where do I even start? Because I feel like I can't, I can't like express myself sexually in like a comfortable, okay. healthy way. Julie, Julie, you're you're focused on this symptom that's not going to get better until you get trauma therapy. Do you understand? But me? what does that look like? That looks like it depends you know on I mean? it depends on what you know, you need a careful evaluation by somebody who does this kind of treatment. Lots of people do it. It's very common. Does that make sense? Julie, we lose her. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, no, so you sense. you look for it somebody with ideally a PsyD, a PhD, an MD. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, look, I I dealt with sexual trauma uh, early, and I was in the same boat as you that I felt like as the farther I got away from it, because I was young, like you, I wasn't as young as you, but I was young. The farther I got away with it uh, from it, and the more sex I had the more I thought I could deal with it on my own. And I had a friend of mine who uh, had dealt with the same kind of thing, was going through therapy, and was a lot healthier than I was. He said, if you broke your arm and you learned how to live with the pain, would it make your arm reset and be okay? Or would you need to eventually have a doctor reset that arm so that it could grow back together and, and, and work properly? And the same thing is with your brain, essentially. It has oh, nothing. What, you, what you're missing, I think, Julie, is you're, you keep going back to how can I deal with it sexually right now? This isn't about your vagina. This isn't about your man's penis. <laughs> this is about your brain. Right. It really is. Right. And you need to take a step back and go and fix that bone so that it can regrow back together. Does that make sense? Well, here's a, here's a follow-up question then because those things are all very valid and, like, very, you know, um, useful. It's useful information to have, but like without proper insurance and like 
um, a way to pay for like care like that? How does somebody who's like like me, who's living like paycheck to paycheck and struggling to get by financially, afford to take care of themselves? Do you have in any insurance? Do you have any insurance? No, not no health insurance. Okay, the the best no. the best way to go about it is to is there a, is there a university or a medical school nearby? Um, I mean, there's one in St. Louis, so that's like about an hour away. Okay, it it might be worth it to you to to look into this because getting somebody in training to see you, you can sometimes even do it for free. And those tr- those physicians yeah. and psychiatrists and psychologists that are in training often have very good supervision and are actually quite quite good. Okay. Okay. So that's that's a way to do it. Uh, the, it's not. It, it's like Mike said. You, you gotta. Sometimes you have to go after these things. It's not like I can tell you. There's like a little recipe you can follow, and magically these things are going to get better. It just doesn't work like that. Right. Okay. And it takes it takes work. From yeah. you. Also, you can't just sit in someone's office and have them talk to you for a little bit and oh, then yeah. expect it to go. You know, which I did as well. You got to you got to kind of commit back to what you're doing, the therapy that's there. And then also, there's 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 national kind of resources that you can that you can look into right now that might be able to guide you. What are you thinking of? I'll look it up. I was thinking of like Sash or any oh. anything anything dealing with sexual trauma. You know, something like that. Society like, for the Advancement of Sexual Health. Yeah, that group. S A S H. Uh, let's see. I think it's .net. Yeah, I think so too. Anyway, but but you know, especially for young ladies, um, there's there's national kind of um, resources and organizations that have to unfortunately deal with the overwhelming amount of young girls out there like you who have dealt with this and are are still feeling the repercussions. So um, it's gonna t- but you know um, it's gonna take some elbow grease on your. Ask one more question before you guys let me go. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. I have two young daughters, mm-hmm. and um, I understand that um, being a young girl, like sexual abuse, is such a prevalent thing in our society. It's just like what one in three, one in five girls will be sexually abused or assaulted in in their lifetime, something like that. It's just like extreme odds, and I'm just wondering, as a mother, like what's the best steps I can take. Here's the one of the one, one, here's the first of all you're going to be preoccupied about this because of your trauma and there it in all yeah, that anxiety and all that anxiety can get transmitted to them so it can have adverse influence on them in ways even if you were able to protect them from sexual abuse all your anxiety about it may give them some some symptomatology also the other problem is that when people have been sexually abused, they get attracted to people that are perpetrators. That's just a normal thing. It's a, it's a pathological thing, but it happens from people that have been through these experiences. And that that's the greatest thing, is to make sure you don't bring anybody around the kids. Uh, anybody exciting, interesting, anything like that, that may be your trauma speaking to you. Be very, very careful with that kind of thing. Does that is that something you can understand? Right. Yeah. I understand. I have been attracted to people like that in the past, but um, like I said, I've been in a relationship for, for over 10 years with the same person who's the father of my children. Well, that's all good. I'm not worried about very him. Much I, on I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about him. I'm worried about somebody, you know, some other person in your life that you also think is great to be around. And uh, it's, it's uncanny how we bring these things back into our life when we've had those traumas. 
right? Yeah, how absolutely. Hear, how much? How often do we hear that on Loveline? Where we're like every single night, every yeah. single call. How often did it happen in my life? It happened to you I too? Mean, yeah, we we talk about it off the air. I mean, how many girls that I were so bad for me was I was like, you know, mesmerized by them. <laughs> Be also, Julie, oh, look out for V-necks and Porsches. Any guy that combines those two, that that guy's no that guy's no good for you. This is uh, Courtney. Courtney, go ahead. Hello, Dr. Drew. I'm really excited to be on your show. But um, I also, I wanted your thoughts on Suboxone. Um, I am on, I was on methadone, 110 milligrams. I took myself off cold turkey. Three months later, I needed to be on Suboxone. So I'm on six milligrams a day now. Um, My brother just passed away June 24th from a heroin overdose. Okay. So it, it's a big deal. I'm out in the Midwest. Okay. So I wanted to know your so, thoughts on Suboxone. So, you- all right. So I'm sighing because I am generally, I didn't go into addiction treatment to do replacement therapies. I, I got into addiction treatment to do abstinence-based therapies. And we had great success doing that, like really serious success. And what's, people like Mike have these flourishing lives afterward. And uh, so I am not a Suboxone fan. I'm not a methadone fan. I don't know how you got through life on 110 milligrams on, of methadone. I, I would be comatose from that much methadone. But yes, absolutely. So hold on, but but I am a realist, and I understand for some people it can be very helpful. Mm-hmm. It can be life saving, and we have so many opiate addicts now that the only scalable solution we have is is replacement type therapies. Suboxone is much better than than methadone. I have no. I've zero relationship with that with the drug company or any disclosures they offer you i'm nothing to do with them in fact i was championing that the that the uh, legal system should go after them which they finally did because there were a ex- lot of excesses there that were questionable and uh breckheiser what's the company breck whatever that british company was that makes suboxone the reality Jaguar. is the reality is suboxone is an excellent medication for chronic pain probably better than any other opiate and the fact that it's not used first line in chronic pain is mysterious to me in a day and age when it's pain patients patients people that have legitimate needs for pain can't get their pain meds the government is pushing suboxone on people why are they not using that as a first line drug more there was a paper that came out just this week that said it should be used uh, as such there's a position paper I don't know. Uh, so I, I would certainly, if you're going to stay on it, try to get down below four milligrams if you can, or at least two four milligrams if you can, and then I'm more comfortable with it. Okay? Sure. So I had another question about Kratom. Yeah. <laughs> if you could Bless you. <laughs> Bless you. Excuse me. How about that? Yeah. Well, Kratom is a weak opiate. I, I, Kratom, if you're a drug addict, you should not be taking Kratom. That, that will trigger you again. Though we've had, you and I have had this discussion at length. Yeah. How's that going for the gentleman that was using the Kratom? Seemingly okay, but he's got to take Kratom all the time. I mean, yeah. uh, look, my look at, my take on it as a drug addict yeah. is I definitely don't want people taking opiates because it's fatal. Right, but so if you're going to take kratom and you and you stop taking Percocets or you stop taking Vicodin, fine. I'm, I'm listen. I I am truly happy. If you're taking Suboxone for the rest of your life instead of slamming heroin, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. But the alternative to that is even better. 
Right. And it is a reality. I think that there's people who are in the midst of their addiction, and I can say this firsthand because I, there was a time and a place where I just didn't believe that that was true. I did not believe there was any chance on this earth that I could live my life completely drug-free. Right. Um, because? Because I loved it too much. You love drugs I and alcohol it. more than anything else. I loved it more than life. I would yeah. much rather die using drugs than be alive. Right. Which is I'd this, much this rather. Is, I... I I knew you would say that, and that's what drug addicts experience. You have to understand when somebody's a drug addict, that's what they experience. So I just want to point out to to that glass caller and to all the other people who are saying, it's like, well, I take Kratom, so I don't take Percocets. Honestly, great. At least you're not going to die. But there is a world where you can take nothing. That and, does and, exist, and, and it and, can happen for you. Even you, the person who you think you're all alone, you think you're, this is, your story is totally unique. It's not. And there's all an op- drug addicts feel that and way. And the reason you go for abstinence is there's, there's a flourishing that develops the, with it. There's a, it, 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 go ahead. I always say life as drug and alcohol free, my life is harder, but it's a million times better. <laughs> Right. It's way better than I could have ever imagined it being. Right. It's you're you're actually fully present. I am. Your, and uh, and I, I and I never I just never realistically thought that that was that could happen. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's talk to George. See what he's got to say for us. Hello, George. George, what's going on? Are you curious? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm curious. I'm curious. <laughs> Sweet. What's up, guys? How are you? We're Great. Good. What's happening? Uh, awesome, awesome. Hey, first of all, Drew, I want to tell you, I went to that uh, show on Caroline oh. in New York City. Great time. Thank you. See, my wife Susan put that it whole thing It was great. On. Thank you for being there. I appreciate it. That's I, awesome that you got to perform at Caroline. It was uh, really fun. Pretty fun. It was really cool. Actually, I was in front of your, uh, I was in front of Susan, my wife and I. It was, she was, she was awesome. She was awesome. Great, great time. She is awesome. How great, great cans, but, uh, huh? how great, <laughs> how great was Rich Voss? Oh my God! You know it was incredible. You know I'm from Jersey, and I never knew he was from Jersey. I thought he was he was spot on. He was actually spot on yep. that day. Yeah, he was spot on, and I can't wait to see him. I, I hope he tours over here again. We're going to go see him. So. Good, Rich, Rich is a talented guy. Oh, yeah, good, very talented dude. All right, George. What's going I actually on? I actually spoke to you. Uh, yeah, so I actually spoke to you. Uh, I was telling you I was uh, I was uh, got you bypass. I had lost like. Uh, um, over uh, three hundred pounds. Damn! And nice. I was telling you at the time, I, I, I was thanks. I appreciate it. I was telling you about that. I couldn't. I couldn't digest protein. Yes. Uh, the meat that you told me to grind it up and everything like that. And I don't know if it was. Did it help? Oh no! So far, it's working. So far, it's working good. But good. But I'm actually. Uh, I'm, I'm calling because for some reason, um, like I don't know, man. Like the past, the past couple years, like the past two, three years. I've been getting really, really sluggish. Like I have no drive, um, to, uh, you know, like for anything like, if, you know, like I'm having like, you know, anytime that we're, you know, me to be intimate or anything All like right. that, I, I yeah. just feel like I'm just beat and I have nothing to do. All right, George. Like, you know, George, and I was like, yeah, go ahead. So uh, you're not just an average healthy person, right? You're somebody who's had a gastric bypass. You're somebody who's been struggling with weight issues. This is this is actually rather serious. Do you have sleep apnea? Um. Well, no, uh, no I don't think so. I, you... I never really got tested for it. All right. So I, so... I work around the clock. I, I work around the clock. My, you... my my sleep schedule is shot. 
right, so, that you you identify the problem. Yeah, there. I mean, it, here's here's the basic <laughs> the basic thing I, I would look at. Is what do you do that's around the clock? Uh, I'm a police officer. Oh my gosh. So, all right. So, your sleep work schedule needs to be dealt with. I mean, uh, somebody needs to evaluate you understanding the sleep work problem. That that itself can make you sick. Number two, sleep apnea evaluation. Even though you've lost the weight, you can still have that problem. The third thing, there can be okay. all kinds of very unusual nutritional shifts. Do Do you have any dumping syndrome from the bypass? Yeah, I get it. Um, I usually get it quite a bit. Like. I want to right. say, like, maybe seven, eight years ago, I went to my internist. Um, my best friend is actually, my best friend from grammar school is my internist. Okay. And uh, and he and he always runs tests. I mean, now he moved, though, unfortunately, to Clearwater, but um, he used to run tests and everything like that. And we had, I, I was a borderline anemic, and uh, he put me on uh, iron uh, transfusion. Yeah, I mean, look, man, there could be a lot of stuff going on here. So there's something wrong with your iron absorption as a result of the bypass. There can be fat issues in terms yeah. of bad dumping syndrome. You can have an issue with the uh, the building blocks of hormones, including testosterone, because of the bypass, and you might need some direct supplementation of all these things. So you, you it, humbly, I would say, if you can arrange this, a general doctor, start with that, then an endocrinologist to see what you're, what's going on endocrinologically, and uh, fi finally get a sleep study. You have that general doctor talk about the work, the work sleep schedule, and then get a sleep evaluation to see if there's really something going on there. There's a ton of reasons for you to. Be, it's amazing you go on the way you do. Hold on, and let me let me just throw this out there just in case. Right, Mike got something. Are you taking ahead, any Mike. drugs? Am I taking what drugs? Any drugs. No, no. Okay. I, the only reason I ask no, is I, I have a lot of cop friends that are in recovery, and it's a really fucking tough job. It's a really tough job, and it's maybe the most high-stress well, job in yeah, the world. Yeah, I, 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 um, you know, I had a, I had a problem in the past. Uh, you know, like I had a, I had a sin with alcoholism, but I haven't, I haven't had a drop now. I've got to be. I don't know, like seven years. Oh, good, good for you, man. Congratulations. Good for you. I'll That's tell awesome. you what, after gastric bypass, alcoholism explodes. Yeah. It can be, the way it yeah, hits your brain. Yeah, the I way know. It, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. It can be terrible. No, no. So. Like, like I said, I, have my, I, I had a therapist. I, I, uh, I dealt with a therapist for uh, ever since like I started that. And unfortunately, he had passed away. So I, I have a new therapist now, but... Um, you know, uh, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm standing on top of it, and uh, listen, uh, George, with that, you know, the big on top thing. of it, I'm, I'm the guy with the twin, and, and on top of it, I have five year old twins. Oh, so. oh, oh <laughs> why are you tired, George? Why are you tired, man? You're a cop who never sleeps. He's lost a bunch of weight with dumping syndrome and twins. I can't imagine why you're a little bit tired. Oh my God! I know, I know, right? And and, and I do an Narcan, and I do an Narcan maybe three or four times a week. On somebody, so oh, it's like yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Where where are you a cop? It's crazy, but you know what it is it's not. But you know what? I just feel bad for my wife because you know she puts it on her that mm. she thinks it's her. Oh, and, okay, well that's and ridiculous. I don't. I, and yeah. I try and I try to explain to her that it's not her. You ever I, you ever come? To you, to ever, you ever call and, me? You ever call me? I'll straighten her out because women do that all the time. They blame they blame themselves for everything, and this has nothing to do with her. Yeah, I know. 
No, I, I I know it has nothing to do with her. I know it doesn't. You know, it's just like and, you know. And I the reason why I called you because I am doing all that stuff. But what, what, all you guys told me minus the sleep apnea yeah, uh, good, test. Good. But I went to uh, I went to my I went to my GP. Uh, actually, I went to my GP the other day, and he took he took a whole slew of uh, good, he, good, he good, took good. a whole slew of uh, blood. And, right. and I didn't know about the endocrinologist. Well, so you start, with, was, your, start was, with your regular doctor. Yeah. Start with your regular doctor and see if he wants an endocrinologist to evaluate. I think that's a good good rule of thumb. But listen, man, and also congratulations right. yeah, on yeah. being willing to take care of your mental health. I know, yeah, I know police oftentimes have a, a thing, a culture where that's not okay, and uh, you're doing it, and I uh, hope you're an example to others because there's no reason you guys shouldn't have a chance to take care of common problems as well. No, no. George, I got to take hey, a break. Hey, man, listen, I see, I, we see all our shit. Doc, it was great talking to you. Mike, awesome. Thank You're you, You're awesome, Mike. Thank you for all you do, and, man. And congratulations to you, dude. Thank you, I'm, You know what? Honest to God, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, you know, I... I, I hear you all the time, and, and you're actually a role model to a lot of these uh, people. And I wish that a lot of people could listen to you and with all your positive vibes and everything like that, man. You're you're a cool dude, man. Thank you, dude. Thanks, I really appreciate George. it. It means a lot. Well done, man. I'm glad you called. All right, so we're going to take a little break. Um, when we get back, uh, we'll take your calls, of course, at 9842 Dr. Drew. And um, I want to do a couple things straight out of the break. One, yes. um, Compare and contrast Mass Singer with Dancing with the Stars. Okay. Okay. And then I wanted a couple of greetings from Rudy. You got to understand, I don't know that much about Dancing with the Stars because I was on so short, in such a short time. But we have ex an exact same experience. I was on a very short time on Mass Singer as well. So we'll get into that. Uh, take a little break. Be right back. Hey, I just want to take a second to tell you about our friends at Social CBD. I get asked a lot about CBD products. Everyone's heard about it. But uh, thanks to the variety of claims being made, it can be difficult to answer these things with certainty. We don't have the clinical science yet. Luckily, I've connected with an Oregon-based company that has all about high-quality ingredients and manufacturing. Not hype. They were previously called Select CBD, but they've just relaunched their brand as Social CBD. Social CBD focuses on broad-spectrum oil, something else you might have heard about, but also confusing. So let me tell you about that. Hemp has over 60 non-psychoactive cannabinoids. CBD is one of them. Broad-spectrum oil goes beyond CBD isolates and contains additional active compounds that work together to create what's known as the entourage effect. This can be effectively delivering more calming and relaxing effects for, that's what many people, of course, are looking for. Social CBD's broad-spectrum oils contain zero THC, no high, no rewarding effects, none of those risks. They are available as great-tasting tinctures and flavors like vanilla mint, pomegranate tea, Meyer lemon. Simply drop it under your tongue for maximum effect. Social CBD products available in a range of formulations, each of which is clearly described so you can make an informed decision without all the promises that appear to be and often are too good to be true. To learn more, go to drdrew.com slash socialcbd. That's my website, drdrew.com slash socialcbd. For a limited time, you save 20% at checkout with the code DRDREW. Check it out. Now back to the show. Yeah. There, there we, we go. We're back, we're hey, back. the dulcet sounds of Dr. So, Drew and Mike Catherwood. So we each spent a minute on one of these big, uh, crazy shows. Yeah. You were on Dancing with the Stars. Not very long. Three years ago? Four years no, ago? No, no. God. I don't remember. 2010 or something? I don't know. Oh, was it that long ago? Yeah, I think so. Really? I well, I, I, I know I was very single. That's how I can remember. Oh, right, 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 right. I was going to say, you said before the break we had very similar experiences. No, we didn't. <laughs> no, we didn't. Meaning? Uh, I was I was very busy not dancing. I see. Dating. I was, 
I was sure if you want to call it that. <laughs> Interesting. You always yeah. hear rumors that's what went on in that show. That is not going on a dance on the Mass Singer. No. Mass Singer, you are covered from head to toe. You don't talk to anybody. You're not allowed to speak. Yeah. Well, I know the the same executive producers do Dancing with the Stars and and Math Singer, and I know really? them very very well. We're very close friends. Really, yes. I had and, no idea. Oh my god, that's a gigantic operation. And both um, shows. I was like, you got to get Doctor Drew on oh, Math Singer, and they were always like, that's a great idea. Maybe I'll reach out. That's a great idea. The whole time they were fucking. <laughs> I was already on lying it. to me. Oh, that's really funny. Which who who do you know over there? Dina Katz. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. yeah Dina knew. Dina is uh Dina's the best. And Dina books Dina and her Dancing. husband are, are very are very close with me and I, I like them very much. She seems great. And yeah. and she books Dancing with the Stars too. I know that. She uh, yeah, and uh and real time with Bill Maher. She's a she's oh. like an empresario now. Oh nice. Yeah. All right. So there's neither of us have much just to report. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a weird fucking world. How yes. can I how else to explain it? I remember the premiere episode of Dancing with the Stars, the season I was on. Uh, and I did not take it very seriously because why? Mm. You know, it's uh, I think honestly, and not not to be disrespectful, yeah. more so it's like, hey, this this thing is a big crazy joke, right? Like I'm not gonna try to win the mirror ball. I want to have right. fun, you know. Right. Like let's make it. Let's hopefully some people laugh at me. Um, so I'm up on the balcony overlooking like the orchestra, and I look out in the crowd and I see my dad, and I was like, oh, that's cool. My dad's here, and there's Hugh Hefner sitting next to my dad. Oh my god, that's, that's so a, weird. That oh so my gosh, there's. Master P <laughs> sitting next to Hugh Hefner and talking to my father. Wow. What fucking world am I living in where my dad is talking to Master P and Hugh Hefner? And and then Kim Kardashian walks by and I'm like, what the fuck? This is so weird. It's a bizarre, bizarre world. It know? is bizarre. And those shows are extra super bizarre. I mean, you know, running around in a costume and singing and stuff. Very, very strange experience. Yeah. But fun. Really fun. The best part about Dancing with the Stars besides uh, the fucking was uh, I, I think we're on a YouTube where you can't say where it's well, like that. Well, the best so. part about Dancing with the Stars, except <laughs> besides the social relations, was uh, was um, getting to know some of the fellow celebs. The stars, that were, yeah. Because I was on a particularly good year. Like, I, I had awesome people to talk yeah, and, like, yeah. get to know and, yeah. and screw around with. Oh, that's know? nice. With yeah. Sugar Ray, your year? Sugar Ray, yeah. Jericho. Oh, yeah. Uh, Christy Alley. Christy oh. Alley's awesome. <laughs> Um, Heinz Ward is awesome. Oh yeah, uh, it was just it was like a good collection of people to, to bust balls with. All right, perfect. So uh, speaking of busting balls, uh, your buddy Rudy, yeah, Rudy Cisneros, uh, Mike's friend. Um, how, how would you describe Rudy to people? Uh, he's a Mexican from Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. That doesn't really narrow it down, I know. And he, well, he's a certain kind. There, I mean, he's a cholo. You know, okay. like there, it's a it's an urban Chicano guy from from southern california it's a very um you know obviously hispanic people uh are well populated around this entire country but there's a very unique and very special kind of character that is in southern california and you have that, family members that absolutely Rudy, Rudy absolutely is, reminds you of quite a bit mm -hmm. and so i was looking around i found a instagram greeting from it's thanksgiving is upon us and i found a thanksgiving greeting from rudy it's not this thanksgiving i'm not quite sure what's all going on here okay but it was a Thanksgiving greeting. I thought I'd like to like to take a look at it and see what Rudy's got to say about the upcoming holiday. So here we go. Happy Thanksgiving, fool. It's Rudy. I want to tell you what I'm thankful for for Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for, like, my wife and shit and, like, my kids. But more importantly, I'm thankful for Eva Mendez's ass all juicy. La, 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 la. I want to motorboat her butt. <laughs> what is wrong with Rudy? Rudy? What is Fucking wrong with Rudy? Fucking gosling. 
puto ass gosling. What do you have that I don't have for? Besides so, good credit. So much for trying and to. And a circumcision. And an Oscar nomination. And a house that's yours and not your grandma's garage. <laughs> and a car without a duct tape window. Fuck. Dodger season tickets. Doe eyes. Fuck you, Gosling. Go back to Canada. Mas puto ass bitch. Mickey Mouse Club. Don't think I forgot. <laughs> well, he's like a poet. Like a, he like is a, a poet, modern he? James Joyce. Yeah, he is. Um, let me see. I have a couple other ones. I'm afraid of what he's going to say. We're trying to keep the language okay. Yeah. Oh, he has a fake news one. Do you remember that one? It is fake news. There's a lot of fake news out there, and I okay. didn't know it was as pervasive as uh, as Rudy led us. As, to as, as I've now okay. know, yeah. This is number four. This is according to Rudy, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's get number four up. The fake news uh, greeting on Instagram. Fake news. Um, what do we call this? Uh, education. Education. Yeah. I guess enlightenment. Enlightenment. Uh, enlighten us about fake news. The mainstream media, dog. It's all fake news. <laughs> and I'm like Alex Jones, with gingerbread skin. That's right, fool. I'm here to drop truth bombs. The tabloids have you believing that Gosling and Eva Mendes, they're doing just fine. To that right? again? Doing just fine. He's a big fan. Well, here's reality, fool. <laughs> oh, that's you. That's right, Rudy with them. That's right, I mean. Gosling. Go make another movie, fool. Shoot on location. Take your time, fool. Because while you're gone, I'm going to hit up some nitrous balloons with Eva. <laughs> We're going to bump Roger and Zap. And then I'm going to pull out my Aztec meat sword and deliver something she's been desperately needing. I didn't know you were such a fan of no, Mendez. it's not your Canadian maple syrup, fool. It's my horchata. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rudy's a good dude. Oh, Rudy. Oh, his horchata. And I don't think he means no. a rice-based no. beverage jar. No, doesn't mean... Some other type of creamy. He, um, oh my God, listen to the producers laughing. Yeah, Susan, Susan likes Rudy. We know that. Yeah. Susan likes macho men. You know, she's she's had years, and thir- close to 30 years now, dealing with this, this. lace curtain I wimp. See. You know, she likes oh, real. I thought that was very funny. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, now the other thing I wanted to play for you yes. is uh, a conversation I had with uh, comedian Kelsey Cook. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, she made a comment, and I was like, oh, okay. And there was all sorts of reaction to it. Okay. And it was it led me to, re- reminded me that people need more Loveline-esque information. Yeah. Because she said something that we heard about, talked about all the time at Loveline, and people went, what? It blows my mind sometimes. So yeah. this is uh, number one. This is... Uh, multiple, multiple find oral sex very unpleasant. So the more oh. multiple you come, the more the oral sex becomes unpleasant. But that's a very small percentage. Most women cannot orgasm with intercourse yeah. and require oral sex or some kind of direct stimulation. Interesting. That's most. I honestly can usually have about 10 in... You're, you're pissing s- people off now. So that's where we have to go. So, so she has 10 per encounter. And what's the matter, Mike? Uh, you okay with that? That's, uh, that's stimulating. I hear you're affected by attractive young lady. Well, the point was everyone went, Oh, she's lying. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Right. So explain what we heard over and over again. I love life. Some girls are multi-orgasmic and it's, it's a, it's 
kind of a genetic thing. Yep. I mean, some it's just like you're either born that way or you're not. You're it's like being left-handed. Right. And uh, it's rare, but when it happens, it happens. I've encountered those ladies. They are not the norm, but it's way real, and uh, it's almost a burden. At How's uh, that? after because so, like you at, as at a first, partner at first it's very liberating because uh. you're like I'm the man, but after a while you're like Jesus Christ, you know because usually the timing works out pretty well because when a man has one, it's like, usually it's like time to call a night, but because, so you kind of lead up to that and you can have like the, however much time you can devote to a woman and then she arrives Mm -hmm. and then you can go, okay, now it's time for me to do my thing and we can have a good, if in 35 seconds she has four, you're like, dude, what are we doing here? You know what I'm saying? Like really they, and they will often go till exhaustion. Right. Which, now you're having to... And here's another thing. Multi-orgasmic women, at least in my experience, are incapable of being quiet. <laughs> so even if you're like a young couple and like your parents in the other next room, you're you're done. Because she's like... Ah! Multi-orgasmic girls sound like they're getting gutted. But like, like at the end of Braveheart. All right then. Uh, let's see. Ooh, how about incel? Want to talk about that? Yeah, hell yeah. All right, this is... I'm uh, fascinated by that. I'm really worried about that, to be honest. I am. You, we, we talked, talked about, about it on that, uh, yeah. when I filled in for Corolla. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron, go ahead there. Hi, Dr. Drew. I've told you this story before, back when you uh, stopped Loveline and started your first podcast, but I've uh, experienced 25 years of involuntary celibacy. I was molested when I was a kid and I was also raped when I had an older first cousin who was, had access to me because he was my babysitter Mm. and he pretty much indoctrinated me with threats and abuse. Oh my God. And then I think around eight until 11, about four years of that, you know, don't tell anybody or I'll kill you kind of shit. And then, uh, uh, by 12, I think I reached the age of accountability and I tried to stop him and he injected me with heroin and he was, he had a boyfriend with him. So they gave me too much heroin and they had to give me CPR. Oh my God. And then they took turns raping and photographing me at around age 12. My God. So that was, you called that shattering. You said your childhood, was shattering last time I talked That's, to you. That would be the worst. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. You sound as good as you do. Well, I've had 12 years of talk therapy, EMDR, EFT, and I'm currently under the care of two therapists called the Soul Happy Technique. They're trying to rewire my brain. Great. Yeah. Good it's, for you, Something's man. working. So, Aaron, you can tell by talking to you something's working. Good, because my parents see the same thing. They said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. You sound a lot better than you did 15 years ago. Do you mind so, me asking? I, I hate to like I'm, rip up old scar, rip open old scars, but is your cousin behind bars now? I mean, what, 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 what was the repercussions for him? Um, when I told the family, um, I think Dr. Drew predicted it in his book, Cracked. When you go to tell the family, you have a second level of, of trauma sure, to deal yeah. with. Yeah, sure. And they, they, I made threats to him like an idiot mm. and they put me in the mental hospital oh. for observation overnight. So he got away with it. So yeah. did his boyfriend. 
and I don't know where the pictures are. Oh my! Well, I'm sorry about that, man. But at least look at this. Like, don't slap a gift horse in the mouth. At that point, some psychiatric, some intense psychiatric monitoring might have been the best thing you needed. You know, it, it obviously it yeah, didn't come about right. in a way you would like, but it could have been it could have been a, a, a saving grace. Well, I I did clean up and got sober um, February of 2002, and I had no relapses, so that's always good stuff for me too. Not a boy, man. Congratulations. Thanks. And and so the the celibacy thing. I mean, obviously, I can say, well, I was traumatized. That's why I'm not getting laid. But it's 25 years of it. I don't know what's left. What what can I do to maybe find a romantic female partner someday before I get? I'm 53. You know, getting old. There's, there's no reason. I mean, these are sound like empty platitudes, but the reality is, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to find someone, particularly given how well you're doing now. Usually, whatever it was you were experiencing that your parents wasn't were noticing, keeps people at a distance, right? I mean, you you really sort yeah. of weren't open to the possibility of a relationship. Now it sounds like it's something you could possibly do, but you're going to have to go out there and really. I mean, it's going to take some work, right? You haven't, you don't have a, you're not in college. You you've got to go out and find people. And uh, in this day and age, would would the apps be a good way to go? Absolutely, or? absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I, I'll be the first to admit, um, I'm 40. Um, so when I started to like get interested in dating, early 90s and stuff. I looked at dating websites, or it didn't even exist. That dating services back then, as something for the total, totally the desperate. It was the yeah, dredges no, of the anymore. dating world. Not anymore. It's In 2019, everybody. man, there's no reason why you shouldn't just go get on Tinder, get on Plenty of Fish, get on, and 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 the the beautiful thing is, is there's an array of services. You want to get laid tonight? There's a service for that. If you want to try to find a nice young lady and develop a relationship, maybe even date a couple, date around, and get to know some women, there's a there's a, 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 a an app specific, or a service specifically before that. My point being, the world is at your fingertips. Literally, it's right there at your keyboard, and I I fully understand how you are reticent to dive in, um, even though you desperately want to. You had a very, 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 very serious um, amount of trauma. Oh, boy. And I get that. I get how you're still a little bit, you know, gun shy. But you're not that mm-hmm. old. You're only 53, yeah, man. You're not that old. And in 53 in the dating world nowadays, you're, 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 you're in your and, prime. And you're doing well psychologically, you know. So it's, I mean, these are, everything's, yeah. everything's pointing in the right direction. And here's another thing. And I, listen, this, this may sound like I'm fucking around. I mean, screwing around. Um, I'm dead serious. Most 53-year-old men that are on dating websites have been run through the ringer and are now getting on the websites after their second divorce and they've got kids and they've been dating around and they've already gone through every younger woman and now they're going to settle for someone their own age and and 53-year-old women feel that. And they've dealt with all the dudes in their affliction shirts putting preparation age on their crow's feet so they can try and look 25. <laughs> and they're, you know, the midlife crisis dude who's, like I said, been divorced twice. You are this kind of pristine, angelic dude. Unicorn. And you can be open about that. It's going to freak some chicks out. Hey, what it, uh, it's definitely going to freak right. some chicks well, out. Well, but- Dr. Dr. Drew, once, Dr. Drew once told me that uh, 
wait a, wait a couple months to tell them what happened to me that I've been treated for and everything? Is that still viable information? Uh, uh, I don't know about a couple months. You may want to, you know, couple dates. Yeah, I mean, not a couple dates, but sooner than later, you kind of want to tell them that you're dealing with stuff. I mean, as they get to know you, it's an important part of you. You don't want to hide it from them. I think a couple months may be a little too long, but you know, not first date, not first date. Well, once okay. it's somebody you're seeing and, and then, you know each other and, and you're in a perfect position to talk about it. You're in treatment, effective treatment. And I, I also, you know, I'm a college graduate. I have a master's and I was in the military honorably discharged. Come so on, I've, man. Come I've got on. a good history. I don't yes. have any children. You're yeah, going to be, Aaron, you're going to be fine. Uh, to give us, give us uh, f- some feedback once you've had some success and really focus on, just spending time with people, just building relationships. It, it's not, don't, 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 um, don't worry about it. Just enjoy spending time with people. That'd be about right. Yeah. Say it? And, and dude, honestly, I, I really admire you and I tip my cap to you because most people who dealt with the type of trauma that you dealt with oh, are destroyed. They would crumble. Shattered. And the, the way that you were able to turn around and run back into the fire and put your life back together that way, you know, go, joining the military, serving our country, getting a master's degree. I mean, you really, you deserve a, a real, real um, big, big round of applause. And I, I uh, like I said, I tip my cap to you because I admire you. This is Sam. Sam, what's going on there? It's a good, quite interesting question. Sam. Hi. Um, so I'm a longtime listener, first time caller. I uh, listened to Love Line back in the Adam Carolla days. So I'm a big fan. Nice. Nice. Um, so my question was just about, um, I've been reading about these uh, trials they've been doing with uh, psilocybin, with mushrooms, um, to treat uh, treatment uh, resistant depression. Yeah, I was just wondering what your thoughts are on trying to join one of these uh, trials because uh, it's uh, really interesting. interesting I, to me I like I'm, the way you asked the question. It's an interesting way to frame it. I am very hopeful that hallucinogenics, <laughs> particularly psilocybin, are going to have useful therapeutic um, potential exactly what it's going to be and what risk it's still the wild west i do know i've spoken to people that have been using it in trauma therapy with sometimes with other plant products and i am aware of the research being done on depression and end of life issues and i will tell you the data looks good but again it's short-term data the problem with my fear about hallucinogens are the more longer term effects so um if you wanted to get involved so the good news is you're not saying, should I take psilocybin, which would be a no, but you're saying, should I engage in one of the research studies that are out there? That's a very interesting and difficult question to answer. It's a very personal question. How, how long have you been dealing with depression? Um, probably uh, eight years or so. And have you tried everything? You had proper medical evaluations? You're you're taking care of yourself? Yeah, okay. yeah I'm seeing... I see a psychiatrist and a talk therapist okay. and I'm on medication. Okay. So it's just, right. and now I'm not at an okay point, but it's just sort of like this constant low level depression that I can't really kick. Have you thought about ketamine? Yeah. <laughs> it's just very, uh, seems like very intensive and very expensive. Okay. But uh, I have thought about it. So, so, uh, and transcranial magnetic stimulation, that's another thing where they use magnets to try to stimulate the, the chemical release in your brain. So the, the things you're, you're thinking about non-traditional therapy. So, you know, ketamine has been approved and it is, it does. I've seen some great results from it. you've seen people have results from mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had some excellent results from that. So that seems to be a very low risk, high efficacy possible intervention. 
TMS, transcranial magnetic stimulation, another thing I've seen also expensive. So you're saying to, in terms of not having to spend money, it would be going to a research protocol that would be free. Um, CBT works, man. Yeah, it's more dangerous, but, you know, it might might be good. It might be good. I, I don't know. how. That's a very personal question. Okay. How old I mean, are you? I'm uh, 34. And what what's your life like? Uh, you you uh you work in what 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 kind of work do you do? You don't have to give me like the company, but like what field yeah, are you in? Sure. <laughs> I'm a software developer. Uh, married. I have kids. Young young kids. How young? Uh, uh four months and Oof. two years. I would say if your kids were 12 and 16, I'd be like, man, give it a shot. You're a software developer. It's not like you have to be. You know, you're not a cop or something, you know, yeah. or about airline pilot. Yeah. Um, but I, dude, with a four month old, I wouldn't be trying anything. Yeah. I think it's, you got to really kind of be checked in. Yeah. You can't be checked out. Yeah, well, I mean, enough. yeah. But again, later, maybe, but by that time, there may be some good data. Um, we have another segment called Don't Ask Dr. Trump. All right. I like that. Well, it, it would, would, uh, things like, when I ask you about prolapse and that would be a don't that, you know, ask. don't ask Dr. Drew what I'm talking that. about is what people, apparently people are crowdsourcing their medical advice. Now you read it. Look at this. <laughs> Explain. Look at this. This okay. is from UC San Diego. Okay. New research study. Crowd diagnosis. Thousands seek out diagnosis from strangers on social media, sometimes to refute their doctor. I, and Reddit is the destination. Mm. So do we have a little intro to this segment? Let's do it. That it. Oh, there we go. There it is. <laughs> so there, aren't we clever like here? That. Uh, so here we got some stuff off Reddit to see what people ask. Okay. This is, these, we're starting light with relationship questions. So here we go. You need a jingle for that. Yeah, you need to didn't play it. It didn't. It didn't. Oh, we have okay. one. It didn't play. Okay. Uh, best friend forty four uh, kissed my husband. Should I forgive her? We've been best friends since we were fourteen. She introduced me to my husband, uh, and. Uh, she found out her husband was cheating on her. She divorced him and moved in with us. Uh-oh, oy vey. Last night we went to a wedding. Her ex-husband was there too. She started drinking, then dancing with my husband. Then she kissed my husband. My husband pushed her away and came to me. She was visibly drunk, tried to apologize. I was angry but didn't want to cause a scene. This morning she came to the door and apologized again, begging me to forgive her. I told her that I will think about it. What should I do? I'd, I'd forgive her. She's, she's going through a lot. She's in a terrible place. She was hammered. She wasn't drunk. I can tell you right now. That woman was S house. She was blackout drunk. Right. Okay. And so, and I'm not. It doesn't justify it. So what she did it, was way wrong. Would it be appropriate for her to look into maybe there's an alcohol issue here? Possibly. Possibly. The consequences. You know. If if this woman thinks that there is one, she should make it clear that the consequences are such that she will lose this friendship. Yeah. And that if it's about the alcohol, she's got to make a change. It look. If she was in a good marriage, which she thought to be a good marriage, and she was happy, and she found out her husband's cheating on her, and he broke her heart like that, that's sh earth-shattering. Then he shows up at the wedding. She sees him, starts drinking to deal yeah. with the pain. Yeah. I, she's, you know, I, I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying yeah. the lady was in a, in a bad spot. You know? Here's another one. My girlfriend sent nudes to a guy and then tried to hide it. Now she's apologetic, but I'm not sure if I'll ever be able to trust her again. Should I try to work things out? I don't understand. She sent she nudes. Sent oh, nudes. she's she's she dating this man. Yeah, and she sent, sent nudes to another guy. Yeah, and, and tried to hide it. Oh, dude, that's how that's old a, is how old are you guys? How long I'm, you been I'm dating? Because if it's, I'm guessing younger. Okay, this, this should be a listen. Out. If you're not married with kids, yeah, you're done with this girl. Oh, yeah. You're done. There's no. 
I never could understand. I'm with you 100%. Why people deal with dysfunctional relationships on any level when you're not married and you don't have kids. You, you don't even need to call a lawyer. You don't need to do anything. You're just like, oh, well, I, I can leave? Okay, well, this is over. Because people they cling. They get addicted to that person. They, they don't want it to end, you know. Yeah, but why? Okay. The great, the great Adam Carolla, yeah. your partner for a long time. Yeah. He always said, if someone doesn't give you a paycheck and it doesn't make you happy, why are you doing it? Right. As an adult. As a kid, you got to do a lot of shit you don't want to do. But as an adult, if someone doesn't pay you and it doesn't bring you any joy... Don't do that anymore. And he's totally right. I, I completely agree. Completely. Uh, okay, I've got a bunch of stuff here. Oh, my goodness. We also were going to come up with some stinky pinky just for old times. Oh. Um, I think we were even going to speak with uh, phone screener. Or is that the part of the plan? Who, Lindsay? Lindsay, yeah. Lindsay K. Floyd. Yeah, Lindsay may be able to come on the air with us. She says she has thought up a couple of Stinky Pinkies. Want to explain what Stinky Pinky is? Stinky Pinky is a wordplay game where I, the host of said game, will give you... Uh, two clues. Two clues. Okay, or actually, no, we it's vice versa. Sorry, I apologize. It's been a long time since we played. Yeah. You call up and you give us two clues and we have to guess the the answer to those two clues and they have to rhyme. So... An example would be smelly finger. The answer would be stinky pinky. Uh, overweight cat. No, overweight. Or excuse feline. me, overweight feline. Yeah. Fat cat. So you can't use those words in the and you, answer. And you can describe things a little bit sometimes. Yeah. Either way, like, you're you're describing to us. One was two e words e that rhyme, and we my, have to guess. My, them. my favorite one was emotional adolescent flying insect. What was it? Goth moth. Oh, yeah, that's pretty so awesome. So good. That's pretty so awesome. So good, right? Well, the greatest of all time is New Yorker's, uh, New Yorker alcohol cabinet. What? Knickerbocker Liquor oh, Locker. Oh, oh, oh. Knickerbocker <laughs> Liquor Locker is, is just that otherworldly. All right, Lindsay, you got something for us? She's there. I think so. Can you hear me? Yeah. Well, clear. I'm going to rock you with Stinky Pinky right now. Oh, my God. Okay, all right. I'm not as good as you, Mike, so just. Take it easy on me. All right. The first set of clues is locomotive downpour. Train rain. Yes. Okay. All right. The next one, logger scary. Logger scary. Logger. logger What's scary. another word for logger? Lumberjack. Logger. No. no, not logger like that. Logger like alcohol. Logger. Oh, logger. logger and beer fear. Beer fear, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Okay, this one is just for you, Mike. Okay. okay. It's gas painting. Gas? Fart, yeah, what fart, was the first fart one? Fart art. Fart art. Fart art, okay. Yeah! <laughs> it was just for me, <laughs> yes, and Dr. Drew it. got it. I know. You're supposed to be the fart master. I am the fart master. General. It's true. Okay, I'm going to try a harder one. Okay. Because okay. I think the clue can be multiple words, right? Yes, yes, okay. it can. Okay, all right. So Valentine's Day celebrates this and a holy bird. Holy bird. Holy bird. Love dove. Love dove. Oh, Susan from the peanut gallery. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Woo! It's a good one. I love it. Good love one. dove. All right. Um, a, pretty good a couple set. more. How All many right. more? You want? A couple Give more us good. two. Give We're us two. We're going to calls in a minute, but yeah. go ahead. Okay. All right. 
um, something you get for Halloween and what your heart does. Something you get for Halloween. Treats, beats. Uh, yes. yes. Drew's on fire. Um, I know. Okay, I've got one more. All right. Um, a primate and a masked animal bandit. A primate? A primate. And a masked animal bandit? Yeah. <laughs> she means like a primate. She means a raccoon. What would the... Yes. Well, hold on, the hold on. Baboon, Baboon raccoon. raccoon. There we go. That doesn't rhyme, woman. <laughs> good job, guys. It's good enough. Yeah, All right, sir. I'll take it. I'll take it. All, All right, Lindsay, go back to, <laughs> thank go you, back Lindsay. to screening. Thank, thank you, Lindsay. Well done. That was a good, that was a good sesh. It was You're not welcome. bad. Not, not bad. Okay. Uh... All right, I'm not quite sure what this is all about, but let's see what Tony's got to say here. Hey, Tony. Tony, what's going on? Hey, guys, what's up? Um, so my question is this. I know it's a little uh, weird on your screen probably, but basically I've been dating this girl for a few years who's uh, basically got some Ding. bipolar in her family and avoidant personality kind of traits from what I've read. And she has a real tough time taking any responsibility in any type of, you know, conflict, argument, whatever. And I know dating these type of people is a horrible idea. You don't have to tell me that twice, but I do it because I'm a retard. Um, so basically my question is, is there any way to get through to someone who has that true victim mentality and just has a really tough time taking any responsibility? So, I, I'm not entirely sure what you're talking about. However, when people have a personality disorder, any kind of personality disorder, one of the features is the inability to take responsibility for, or the ability to consider that anything that's happening in your life has anything to do with you. They see everything as because of the world, Right. Because the world's a bad place, people treat me badly, it's your, whatever it is, the problem is yeah. outside of their body boundary rather than in here. So it's not really about taking responsibility, they just can't see it. And the part of having a personality disorder is that inability to make that, that, that jump, right? And I think that's what you're talking about, right? Exactly. That's right. exactly it. Right. Just zero so, reflection for maybe my life sucks today because of something I did, and not everyone in my family, friends, and coworkers is against me. And that's how, right? Everyone I know who's got bipolar, borderline, they all have that well, borderline. attitude, and it's always blown my mind. Yeah, yeah, that's the borderline disorder. And so you can't. What you can do is do dialectical behavioral therapy with somebody like that to get them to see how this thing is operating. It doesn't really make it go away. You can't really make the personality disorders go away, but you can get the person to sort of understand where it's operating, be more cognizant that you exist and that you have feelings, and to try to see, you know, to try to have a way of interacting with you that they're not, you know, sort of see, seeing it through the prism of that personality disorder. If that makes sense. That, gotcha. Is that called dialectical therapy? What's di it called? It's called DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy. And also, um, for you, yeah. Don't. This is for your peace of mind. Mm. Don't get into it. <laughs> don't even fall into the vortex, right? Because you stand to gain nothing. So don't even get engage in those arguments. Don't even you know if whether or not you you stay with this girl for the long term. That's your business. But if you are, save yourself the grief 
because there's no there's no winning. You know what I'm saying? It's like negotiating with terrorists. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's not it's, right. you've got to learn right. to not I don't know how somebody, you know, comes to terms with that. Uh, it, it's that you I think you have to tell yourself if somebody wins in an argument, the relationship loses. And if you want to have a relationship with this person, you have to see where the problem is operating and just let it go. Is that about yeah, we'd say it. And and you know, more power to you, man. That's uh, most guys would bounce. All right, let's get thanks, Tony. Uh, we're going to go on now. Oh my gosh! Oh, this is a tough one. All right, Tyrone, go ahead. Hey, Doctor Q. Um, thank you, guys. You, you guys don't know how much I appreciate everything you do. Um, I just had a little situation at school. I'm from Massapequa, Long Island. And I go to school in Pennsylvania and I was, I came home late night and I was brushing my, my teeth on my, my dorm room floor and a few boys came in to, uh, to the shared bathroom area and I was, all of a sudden I was thrust into unconsciousness and, and woke up on the floor with these men and they were black men. I don't mean mean to be racist, but they were they were masturbating over me, and I was thrusted into unconsciousness. What does that mean? And thrust? ever what since, not even to what do you mean thrusted into not even to get into what does that mean? I, I was I, I I was I was choked out. I believe. So somebody somebody and, came from behind and choked you out. Yes, and I was sexually assaulted. And did you report it? I did not. I did not because I, I was threatened. Okay. I don't know what you want from us, what we can possibly provide for you, but you need to report that. That's the only... Well... I mean, that's the only... what You, you were gang... Uh, essentially gang assaulted, sexually assaulted. That's, you know, there's nothing... Yeah. That's... Yeah. I, I would think... And this, I am bisexual, and I'm not... It, 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 it's just... Uh, and I haven't been able to sleep. I've been taking Xanax. I've been just trying to to make my yeah. way. My grades have suffered. Yeah, I'm scared all the time. Oh well, God! I mean, look, you you have to. Well, at very minimum, you have to go get some treatment yourself, right? At very minimum, student services. There's always mental health component. Go to student mental health services and re- at least discuss what happened. And then with that therapist, you will make a, a plan as to whether or not you're going to report this and how you would report it. But, but how you how can you still live on campus? I, I'm concerned yeah. about that. I don't. I, what are you going to do? Just continue to be around, so potentially afraid. see I'm, these guys? I'm, That's fucking I'm, impossible. I'm so afraid. I, I just I'm scared all the time. I just I have to use like substances to get through. Yeah, the, dude, you can't you can't go on like this. I, I don't. You know, listen. I'm not. I'm not an expert. I'm not qualified to give you any medical advice. What? Listen to Doctor Drew when it comes to that kind of stuff. I'm telling you, you need to talk to administrative, someone administrative well, at the school. Right. So if, whether or not you report it is your business, but you say, I had an incident happen. I can no longer live on campus for my own security. I need to, there needs to be some type of an arrangement because I can't do this anymore. I'm going to fucking commit suicide. I, I think the way to... But I'm so, I'm so embarrassed. I don't know if I would go that far. I, I just feel so dirty. I feel so used. And everybody looks at me funny. And how would anybody uh, know what's going on? What do you mean people are looking at you funny? 
I just feel so dirty. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's my mental state all the time. I understand you feel bad. You should feel bad after an experience like that, right? And scared. And scared and paranoid and, and have difficulty navigating through life after having been assaulted. That's just a normal experience. You have to talk to somebody. You have to. Okay? Oh, oh my God. I just don't know what to do. I still feel so loose, and I just feel so, like, like aloof. I just don't know what to do, Dr. Joe. Talk to a mental health professional immediately. This, this is not treatment. We're talking. We're supporting you. We're changing ideas. You need to go see somebody and get proper care. If, if you had been in any other kind of a major traumatic incident, you would do it. There's absolutely no – the fact that you are not talking uh, – let, let me put you on hold. If you hang on until after the show, a few more minutes, I will talk to you. Can you tell Lindsay I'll talk to him off the air? Uh, no. I'll just keep him on hold there. Um, all right, let's keep going here. I, you know, you see it happen too often, yeah. and I hate that, where let's just for a moment pretend that call came from a girl. Yeah. Everyone listening, everyone of us here, we would all be like, listen, you have to call go the right police. this second. You have to call the police, call the police. But because it's a guy, it's like, well, it's well, you can do what you need to do. You need to talk to someone. You need to deal with that. But the reality is, it's like you were fucking sexually assaulted by a gang of people. It's This is needs to be handled right the, the this The problem second. with him, you know, filing a report, I don't know how long ago that happened. It was not yeah. recent, right? Because he's already back home, right? Is he still, he's not at school. No, no, no. He just said he was from there and he yeah. goes to school in Pennsylvania. Okay, I don't it. know. Uh, and... If he doesn't get support, I mean, he didn't. He didn't go to an ER. He didn't collect evidence. We don't know. You know, I'm not talking about criminal activity or or, or actions taken against. No, I'm just saying. I'm saying like should be no different than a woman. It should be the same. It should be, but everyone, including myself, it's like there's this weird thing where if it's not a female voice, you just you deal with it with a little a little bit more cavalier attitude. You know, it's like that's not my feeling though. My feeling was he wasn't willing he was absolutely not he was threatened he does not willing to talk to some, my yeah. my fear is he would he could be in danger i don't know maybe, maybe he really is in serious danger he needs to get support first he needs to talk yeah. with get the therapist together and then together they should make a plan on what to do about this so it, it's like no there's no two ways about it he's got to do that ashley go ahead yes hey dr drew how are you doing we're good what's happening I had listened to an old Loveline episode um, the other night. It must have been 15 years old. But you had mentioned something about maybe a correlation between having night terrors and seizures. There can um, be. And also, I just got out of a, a really long 10-year abusive relationship where there was strangulation. and had night terrors probably four nights a week. And I wanted to know if it could be psychological or if it's physiological or what, you know. That is trauma. That is the result of having the abuse, the domestic violence. Of course, you have night terrors. Okay. Of course, you're in, in your body. Your body is reliving this at every minute. Thank God you got out of there. That, that's the first order of business is getting out. Yeah, are you safe? Yeah, I moved uh, states away, but um, now he's you know threatening to take me for custody. So I'm just like terrified that he'll. Have my children unsupervised oh, at some point. So it's kind of like a never-ending nightmare. 
Well, again, this is the same recommendation. You need to see a professional. You need to get trauma therapy. And then that professional will be able to represent you on your behalf if this guy comes after the kids. Okay. Okay. And there's a lot of women's support groups for, you know, domestic violence. violence. Oh, my God. I I, I highly recommend that. What part part of Florida are you in? Um, Tampa. Oh, my gosh. There's tons of stuff there. Let Let me look some stuff up quickly. I mean, just it's that easy. Okay. Just go online and look look up, you know, domestic violence. I'll, I'll look it up here. Whenever, whenever people perpetrate something like that on you, um, and I look, I can't pretend to know what you feel because I'm not a woman and I've never been put in that situation, especially by someone that I thought I loved. I mean, that's got to be really hard for you. But when you're dealing with someone who perpetrates that kind of thing on you, it's so natural to assume that your struggle is your own and you're, it's, you feel lonely and isolated. Like you're the only one in the world that's dealing with this. And it's really, really, really relieving to engage in conversations and be surrounded by people who know your experience and share that experience. There are tons of places that can help you out for no charge. Okay. Okay. The Spring of Tampa Bay, that's highly recommended. Are You Safe, Inc.? Uh, it's just just all kinds of stuff. I'm looking at other things. Florida Coalition Against Domestic Violence. I mean, just go online and make call one of these helplines and get 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 help, get support. We okay? have a help help uh, tab on drdrew.com. And For domestic violence? Go, yes. So we have a Domestic Violence Resource Center. Which is one eight six six four six nine eighty six hundred, and this is on drdrew.com. So if you just go to the top blue banner and push on help, and you need help with Al-Anon or counseling resources or Teen Line. Well, this is domestic violence, right? Yeah, and it's down there. It's we have national domestic violence hotlines, so that would be a good place, and also a, a resource center. And do you have a, com- a phone or a computer? You can just look stuff up online. Okay. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's start getting proper support so you don't have to live in fear and also aren't constantly revivifying this trauma every night and not sleeping. Yeah, and I'm having to deal with the person still every day. They're calling me, harassing me. Um, And Dr. Drew, he says that because of me, because I made him do those things. Right. Are you familiar with the cycle of domestic violence? because I love you yeah. so much. It's because you do the things you do. It's just, you make me crazy. I love you so much. That's why it is. I apologize, and I'm sorry. It'll never happen again. And then you're walking on eggshells, and it happens again. This is There's nothing okay about any, yeah. any of this. This is seriously dangerous stuff. It's not. Okay. It's him. And, yeah, it's absolutely him. There's nothing, nothing your female romantic partner can do that justifies him striking you and hurting you and strangling you. There's nothing. There's nothing you could do. Okay, so just erase that from your mind. I know it's going to be difficult. It's not something you can just, you know, a switch you can turn off or on. Well, but they they wear you down so much. Absolutely. You start start believing their nonsense. Oh, well, no, I want her to call the local Tampa ones. So that's where she needs to call. So get that that support locally and start talking to these women, okay? Good luck, Ashley. Okay. Thank you. All right. Oh, heavy calls tonight, right? Yeah, man. Mm. That was the craziest thing um, about Loveline when I, you know, in our time together. I, um, because I can't experience, I, I have no experience to draw on for myself. I, I'm not a woman. The women who are victims of abuse 
the way that they had like some like a, almost like a Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, it's it's cult. It's a cult of two. And they're, I, they're, I, they're, they're sucked into this thing. You could hear about that, or you could watch a, a traumatic, scripted TV show traumatic, about it. Traumatic bonding. Too. Hearing those women say those things, it was so eye opening to me. It was it was crazy, and I, I just it made me get like a, like a deeper level of sympathy because it's you're so trapped. You know, it's it's hard. It's a it's a weird intensity that they can't get out of. Yeah. Very problematic. Okay, let's see what James says here. James, go ahead. James? Hey, how's it going there? Good, what's up? Hey, man, yeah. Uh, James, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, yeah, I uh, I lost my father when I was four years old. He was in a car accident. And uh, uh, my mother's still alive. Um, so now I kind of abuse alcohol. I take Adderall. I'm trying to... I listen, I've listened to you a lot, Dr. Drew. I'm just trying to figure out how much, how, like, how traumatic do you consider an incident like that or not? And would you connect what I'm, would you connect the substances I'm using now to that or, or maybe not? And if so, how would I get over something like that? Well, I mean, look, even if the trauma of, of that childhood loss was such that it, uh, it fueled your alcoholism, it's neither here nor there. You have alcoholism. That needs a separate treatment. Your alcoholism needs to be treated, regardless of the inciting influences. Then in the course of that treatment, you will find, you will get into some of these issues and eventually deal with them if appropriate. What are you smiling at? I was just reaching for my bag, and I realized, I thought I was going to do it slyly, yeah. and I did it like a like a, a decrepit old man. Do you have something to show us? No, no. Okay. Um, so, you know, immediately go to AA if you're ready, and raise your hand and say, I need help. Uh, that's, that is what you do. If you have alcoholism and trauma, which many alcoholics have... First order business is to deal with the alcoholism. Okay, I see. I see. I mean, I had I had no other time, no physical, sexual, but nothing like that. But I mean, is the loss of a parent even considered like, like where do you rank that on a scale of like so quote unquote trauma or or not? Depends. Hey, hey, uh, depends on the person. James, yeah. There yeah. was a big problem with the Star Wars movies from about twenty years ago. The ones with Natalie Portman, all those. Because they were origin stories, you know? They were origin stories. And all they did, they were these movies. It was a collection of movies telling you where Darth Vader came from. Right. How he got to be Darth Vader. How Luke Skywalker got to be Luke Skywalker. How Obi-Wan got to be Obi-Wan. You know what? I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I just like to watch him take out their lightsabers and cut shit up. The same thing goes for your alcoholism. I don't really care. Whether it was your dad dying when you were young, which sucks, or if it was uh, you know your mom maybe not reacting to it well and then being abusive to you, who knows? It could be a myriad of things. It could be nothing. The point is, is that I don't need your origin story of your alcoholism. The point is, you have alcoholism. Deal with it. And you can't sort out any of that trauma until the alcoholism is dealt with. We can't say anything about oh, is that a big deal or is that not a big deal? Because right now the alcohol is the, is, the, is affecting all of it. Okay. Okay. And I, I don't see. mean I don't mean and to sound as, is absence is absence the only way? Yes, if you're really serious and alcoholic. Yes, that is that is the only reasonable alternative. But uh, go go to some meetings, listen to what they have to say. And I don't mean to sound Raise like a hand. dick, but I went through the same thing. Okay, I went through years and years of like trying to get to the nuances of how I ended up being a daily drinker and drug user. It's like really doesn't matter. Just deal with it. You know, you have a separate problem now. Now, now, if you've been sober for a long time, you have been dealing with some of that other stuff. Absolutely, but from a totally different perspective, and it's so much harder than just getting <laughs> right. smoking crack. Smoking crack's so much easier with dealing with your problems. I can imagine it's a little yeah. quicker. Meth is awesome, and crack. 
really effective. Meth is awesome. So says Mike Catherwood. Yeah. Listen, man, we got to wrap things up here. Uh, it is always great to work with you, and thank you for coming in and doing this. Appreciate it really it was my much. pleasure, man. Yeah. It's, uh, it feels so good to be back with you taking calls. Yeah, isn't it? It's really good. And for people who are still on queue, I apologize we didn't get to everybody. Um, but oh, I'm going to see if there's any I can quickly deal with. It's really Some of these are really difficult. These are uh, more, more intense than radio calls. Does it feel a more intense? Yeah. I think people feel com- more comfortable on the internet. Is that right? Well, yeah, the, uh, like especially national syndicated radio, and uh, you know, yeah. for local people on K Rock, there's a there's a there's a formality that goes with it. Yeah, you know, they feel like I'm on the I'm on the radio, and if you're right. not accustomed to that, that feels weird. Right, this feels formal. more immediate. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, this just goes up and stays up forever. That's all. If you did this, <laughs> if you did this on TV, no, no one would call. They'd be like, oh, my girlfriend broke up with me. Uh, yeah, should I get right. on a dating site? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Right, there'd be no abuse. There'd be no addiction. Crazy. Because people are scared of TV. All right. So uh, let's see. You can go to Dr.TV right now and sign up, and we'll get an alert when we go live, just uh, like we have done here today. We appreciate those of you that did sign up, and then we'll have you first in line, which we did tonight. Uh, We do try to get as many questions as possible and as many of you as we possibly can, but the lines do fill up, so I I have an apology for anybody who does not get on the air. We appreciate you watching. We appreciate you listening. Uh, I'm being... I'm going to go to Florida tomorrow morning. Nice. And then I got to go to Baltimore and then I got to go to New York and been going to be traveling for a while. So we're going to be a couple more weeks before we do our next show. A couple weeks, two weeks before we do our next show. But uh, we really do people, we, this is fun, right? This is an interesting way. It's to a great it. setup. It's a great show. It's yeah. a great format. And listen, for all of you who are wondering, there's absolutely no better person to be doing it than this man. Okay. No one's more qualified That's and no kind. one's more adept at, at giving you the advice that you need with professional medical expertise but able to get through to you and communicate you prop with you properly. Uh, so well, if you if you're thinking about calling, if you have a real problem, honestly, you should. Well, I appreciate you being here. It's always that I need that yin and yang to be able to get the the information across. I really do appreciate. It. Plus, with your personal experience stuff, which you always been very kind about sharing. Whose alarm keeps going off? The producers. It's it's awesome. <laughs> Uh, again, uh, so we will, again, we just love doing the show. We love uh, you guys being a part of this, and uh, we'll do it again two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah, three weeks? Two weeks. I'm still going to be in New York in two weeks. All right, we'll see. We'll Maybe I'll do it from New do York. Do it from so. the Big Apple. So, all right. Thank you again. We'll see you next time. Hey, Dr. Drew here, and this is just a reminder that the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care or medical evaluation. This is purely for entertainment and education. We hope you learned something, but see your doctor. Get proper medical care.